Well, hey there and happy Wednesday. Today, I'm going to share some invaluable insights based on my 30 years of experience as a successful hair salon owner. So if you're just starting your salon journey, or if you're already in the middle of all of it, this podcast episode is just for you. So let's just jump right in and explore the essential focus areas that will help you build a thriving and profitable salon business in this day and age. Because you know what? It's really different now. Well, hey there. Welcome to the Salon Ownership Made Easy podcast. As a former salon owner, I know how tough it can be to deal with things like hiring new team members, managing your KPIs, and fixing everything that seems to break in the salon. It's enough to drive anyone crazy. But don't worry, I'm here to help you navigate the ups and downs of the industry. Let's face it, beauty school didn't prepare us for the real world of salon ownership, but with the right techniques, systems, and mindset, you can achieve amazing success. With over 30 years of experience and four successful salons under my belt, including two that hit over seven figures, I've learned a thing or two about what works and what doesn't. So buckle up and get ready for some practical tips and real talk. Let's do this. I am so excited to be here today. Before I begin on the 10, I've developed 10 different steps of what you need to focus on to really have a thriving salon business. I want to share something with you. You know, I've been in the salon industry. I say it all the time, 30 years. And I've always been in salons. And the reason why I've loved being in the salon is because of the environment, the energy, the other stylists, the challenges, the clients. Every single hour, it's something different. You meet so many different people. I love it. I love the environment of a salon. I think two things. I think a lot of people going into suites today are missing that. They, they, I I get it. They want to control their own destiny. They want to decorate how they want to decorate. They want to own their own business. I get it. I get all of that. But I also think there's something to the energy of a salon that has a good culture first and foremost. But you know, you've got the music going, you're, you've got conversation happening in your, the chair next to you. You've got people helping each other. You've got laughter and stories. And to tell you the truth, I just miss it. I really do. I haven't been in a salon. I sold both my salons. Uh, it's been over a year now and I really haven't been in the salon environment. And to tell you the truth, I really do miss it. You know, I do this podcast and my YouTube channel, mostly the podcast, to tell you the truth, YouTube is really hard. I got to tell you, it's hard to get on camera and get everything set up and the lighting and the, ugh, it's a thing. I'm tr- I, I am trying to get better, but I, I've never been one to be comfortable in front of a camera. So uh, the podcast is easy for me. It's a conversation, but um, it's kind of hard to do it on your own. You know, you don't have that energy of, of a team. You don't have that energy of someone, you know, cheering you on or helping you through a challenge or whatever. And somebody did ask me that the other day, how's it going? And it's going. Um, I love the podcast. Don't get me wrong. I love it, but I have been thinking, am I being of service to you, the salon owner? Because as a salon owner, I know it gets kind of lonely. 
because you feel like you don't have anywhere to turn. And to tell you the truth, when it's just me sitting at my desk recording a podcast, it gets kind of lonely too. I need to hear from you. I am working on a course, like I, I have said, but it's a long process and it's a lot to it. And the more I keep doing it, the more I keep saying, oh, I got to add that. I got to add that. There's so much to being a salon owner. Wouldn't you agree? It's not just doing beautiful hair. In fact, that's such a small piece. You have to know how to manage people. You have to know how to manage your money. You have to know how to do all the things. I say it all the time. So anyway, that's, that's why I'm here. I want to be of service to you. And if you feel like I am being of service to you, please reach out. Actually, what would be wonderful is if you would go to my website, it's salonownershipmadeeasy.com. And right there on the very front screen is a place you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. You can, um, you'll get a freebie on how to be, bring out the success of your team and you'll be on my mailing list. That way, when my course does go live, you'll be one of the very first to know. And you know what? Anybody who's on my mailing list before it goes live, I'm sending you a discount code. So you don't want to miss out on this. Plus, it really helps me believe that I'm helping someone. Even if it's just one other person out there, I need to hear from you. That's all it, that's all it is. So anyway, enough rambling. Go to my website, sign up. Can't wait to hear from you. Um, but let's get on to the podcast. Okay, I've come up with 10 steps of what you need to focus on when you're first starting out. And even if you, you are a salon owner, what you probably need to focus on if you don't have a focus, because I know it's like corralling cats most days and you're all over the place, but there are 10 different areas that you really do need to um, at least check off your list, okay? It, it, you might not have to do all of it, but... Um, when at the very beginning, when this is just a seed of thought in your mind that, Hey, I want to open a salon. Your very first step you need to do is to develop a clear business plan. This is like the backbone of why you're opening up your salon, why you're different. It gives you direction and clarity and it helps you make informed decisions, right? So take the time to outline your salon's mission and your target market, and what services you're going to provide, and how you're going to market it, and how you're going to hire, and like your five-year financial projections. I spent so much time on this. I remember um, there was an old program. I can't remember what it's called. I know it's not available anymore. It came on a CD. That's how old it was. And it had an Excel spreadsheet in there, and it was all for um, setting up your salon. And you can set it up by um, and you can do this in Excel or in Google sheets or however you can set up a form that you can put in all your expenses that you're going to have, like your lease, your, um, utilities, your software, all that stuff. And that's your outgoing expenses. Then you would want to put in how many stylists, what your services were, or, or you're going to be anyway, it had like little levers that you can control, how much commission you were going to be paying out, maybe what your services, you could wiggle those uh, numbers around. Oh, um, I have to find this program. 
Maybe they still have it. I don't know. Uh, but it came in so handy because it, you would put in all this information. You can say, Hey, I have eight chairs, but I'm only hiring six people. And if they were at 50% capacity versus 80% capacity, how much money would be coming in? And then you could look at your five-year financial projections, see when you would be breaking even. It was really powerful. And this was, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, it really helped me. Actually, it helped my husband see that it could be successful. So if you're like me, I have all these big dreams and big ambitions, but then I have my rock over here, who's my husband, who brings it back down to reality, right? And he, you know, he'd always say, okay, but when can we see it bringing in money, right? So if you have somebody like I do, that needs like a whole PowerPoint presentation to sell them on the idea that this is a good idea. Um, you want to get your hands on something like this. I'll do a little bit of, of digging and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, let me write that down, um, to actually find something for you. Heck, maybe that's something I should come up with. I love Excel. Maybe I should come up with a little program like that that you could download and put in all your little, um, not little by any means, all your expenses and all your your revenue and see when you'd break even. It's, it's a, I think I'm going to do that. Hello, Denise. Um, but I will look for that program that I used to. So it would at least give you some idea. You can probably just Google it too, uh, business plan, financial projections for salons. And anyway, you'll trust me, this will keep you on track and it's going to set you up for success. So any way you approach it. Okay. All right. Number two on the list, location, location, location. You hear it all the time, right? And it's true. You got to choose the right location if you haven't already. Um, but the right location makes all the difference. So if you have a space that a lot of people go, go by, you got a lot of traffic in front of it, high traffic area. Don't you think that's going to be a lot more successful than if somebody has to like find you? Of course it will. So if you're just starting out, set yourself up for success and you know, find a way to attract walk-in clients. Maybe you have a big window and you can put uh, merchandise and stuff and big posters or whatever, but whatever you do, you want to boost your salon's visibility. I had a salon, um, I had, well, you know, I've had four salons, but, um, my first salon had wonderful visibility. It was like a hundred yards from the beach. It was, um, right next to a yogurt shop and a jewelry store right outside of a resort. I mean, the location you couldn't, you could not pick a better location. Loved it. It's, again, it's still there. It's the hair spa in Carlsbad, California. If you're ever there, go check it out. Go wave to Amy, say hi. She also owns the, well, it's not a yogurt st- shop anymore. It's a candy store, the sweet spot. Um, her and her husband own both of those now. So if you're ever in the area, swing by, say, Hey, Denise told me to come by and say hi. She would love it. Plus then she'll call me and I love talking to her. So <laughs> anyway, location, location, location. One of my location. Oh, my second salon, Oz salon, OZ salon. It wasn't in the best location. I have to say it was off the beaten path 
And you really had to know where it was to, and it kind of, it makes a difference. It makes a difference if you have to explain to every single person who calls where it is. So just keep that in mind. If you haven't found a location yet, just really, if you have a choice, pick the best location. Even if it's a little bit higher in rent, I would say the location matters more. All right. Number three on the list, create a unique brand identity. This is what's going to set you apart in this industry. This industry is highly competitive, as we all know. Um, So if you can develop a unique brand that, you know, has a different personality, your values, what kind of experience you want your clients to have, you know, and that includes your logo, your interior design, how you set it all up. You want that to all resonate with your target audience. Um, I don't know about you, but it seems like there's a lot of sameness out there. You know, if you're on social media and stuff, it seems like all of the salons are using the same colors, the same vibe, if you will. And it's kind of this boho chic kind of thing, which is nothing wrong with it. It's beautiful. But if you can do something a little different to stand apart from that, keep it classy, keep it professional, um, keep it clean. Oh my gosh. Um, but develop a brand. Um, I actually, uh, part of my, uh, course has this whole thing on how to, um, develop your vision, your, um, your brand, your colors, your logo, all that stuff. And I think I'm going to break it down into a mini course, especially for you that are just starting out that you just need the bare bones on getting started. Um, there's a lot that goes into it and you, and you could change your logo and stuff and your colors at any time. It just takes a lot of money after you get going. Uh, but you can, I did it many times. So, um, I would say, yeah, I'm going to break that down into a mini course and it'd be very affordable for especially the new salon owners just starting out. And it's a lot of fun. I've got some really good examples of how people use color and why they use certain colors and different fonts and what that resonates, how it resonates with your target audience, things like that. So look for that. That's going to be on my website as a standalone course. It's also going to be part of my big course. So no worries there. So number four on our list, assemble a skilled and passionate team right? Wouldn't you agree? Your team is the heart of the salon. And I know everybody out there is concerned with, I can't find anybody who wants to work. I can't find anybody who wants to work. I get it. Totally get it. Uh, I hear that everywhere. I feel like that's the biggest, biggest thing out there right now is why, where are you finding your stylist? Because it seems like all the stylists want to go work in suites. Well, get into the beauty schools, Sell them on the idea that you're, you, you know what you're doing. You, even if you don't know what you're doing, say, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but we're going to figure it out together. Make, make it light. Okay. But you want to prioritize talent and passion. I always say hire the heart, teach them the skill because there's something to that. If someone is coming into you and they have a servitude attitude And they just seem like a really nice person, but they don't, I mean, they've graduated beauty school, but they just don't know how to cut hair. 
okay, hire them and teach them how to do it. Because finding great people is really hard. So, and you also want to create some kind of guidelines for delivering an unforgettable experience consistently to every client every time. And then just make sure that your team is on board with that. And every single person on your team does the same thing. So you have a consistent experience in the salon. I have a funny, it's not funny. It's kind of a sad story. I have a story about that. Um, when I was still behind the chair, we had this whole, um, experience with, uh, how to greet and how the whole thing with new clients. So a new client is greeted a certain way. They're given a tour. They're, uh, you know, you know, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're rolling out the red carpet. Well, I had a, a client in my chair who had been coming to me for like 10 years, you know, and after a while you become friends and you're, Hey girl, how's it going? All that good stuff. Right. And she's like, do whatever you think. And uh, just make me feel beautiful. And you know, you have, you have guests like that, that you just have this rapport with them and it's more of a fun time together than it is a professional thing. It shouldn't be that way, but we, we all do it anyway. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I got you mix up, you know, and I'm putting her highlights in. Well, then as I'm finishing up her highlights and I had, you know, a few more to go, um, my assistant came over and said, Hey, Denise, your next guest is here and she's new. And would you like me to get her shampooed? And I said, um, well, let me look at her and first and consult with her before you get her shampooed. Cause I need to see what her hair's like dry. Right. And so she brought her over and sat her next to the chair right beside, um, the guest that I was doing her hair, I excused myself and my guest could hear the whole conversation. And, you know, I, um, consulted with my new guest and, uh, you know, and you, again, you lay it on thick, you're selling yourself, you're selling your ideas, things like that. And I asked her, would you like a cup of coffee? Would you like anything to drink? We've got cappuccino. We have lattes, blah, blah, blah. We have fresh cookies, whatever. And, oh, by the way, my assistant's going to get you shampooed. She's going to be using this shampoo for your hair to bring out the volume. You're going to love it. Wah, 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 wah. Okay, go ahead and get her shampooed. Wonderful, right? I turn around to my guest I said, all right, where were we? Right? Friends. And she was like, wow, how come you don't treat me like that? <gasps> oh my God. It just cut my soul out. It was just, I was like, what? And she goes, wow, you didn't offer me cappuccino or whatever it was. I can't even remember. And anyway, it just made me feel, it was, it, it made me feel horrible and it was a real eye opener to say, you know, there needs to be consistency on every level. Luckily that happened to me. So I could see it first and foremost, but that just goes to show you that we, we all do it. We treat brand new guests a little bit differently than our seasons season guest. And we shouldn't, they're all special. They're all important. They are all a hundred percent there to support your business. And we need to teach, treat them 
like the special human beings they are. Oh, and side note, my guest that was in my chair that I was doing highlights on, she didn't come back. No. I ran into her in Target like, I don't know, six months later, and I almost hid from her. You know how you're going down the aisle and you see a guest, you see one of your guests, and you're like, oh, God. I don't have my makeup on or whatever it is. You know, I don't, I don't look the part. I don't want to run into them because, you know, you end up talking about hair. Anyway, ran into her and, uh, obviously she was getting her hair done somewhere else. I could tell. Right. And, uh, and I apologized to her. I said, Hey, I have to say something. I just, you know, I miss you. And she came back. Yeah. So it is doable. We just have to, you know, live up to that. Anyway, wow, I'm way off base here, but we all have reality facing us and, you know, and we have to do our best. Okay, let's get back to our list. Number five, again, focus on the customer experience. Wow, I I set that up, didn't I? All right, so customer experience is king in the service industry, just like I gave you the example. I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking that way. So train your staff to go above and beyond in everything, understanding and fulfilling your client's needs. Just create a warm and welcoming atmosphere, you know, not too pretentious and not too, you know, just make every visit a memory. I have to share another story. Okay. I'm sorry. This is, I'm all over the place today. I had this one client who, um, I offered her coffee, right? And she goes, Oh, do you have decaf? And I don't think we had decaf at the time. So I sent my assistant next door to a restaurant to get her a cup of decaf. Right. And she was just so, she she loved that. And, you know, and I, I was just like, it's not a big deal. You wanted a decaf coffee, right? Well, the next time she came in, I wrote that on her notes. The next time she came in, you better believe I had decaf coffee waiting on her. And I actually had to go next door to get it again because I forgot to go get it. Because at the time, we just had one coffee maker. Um, It was before K-Cups and things like that. So I didn't have two pots brewing. So we just had one type of coffee at that time. But before her appointment came in, you know, I saw her on the books. I went over and I got her a decaf coffee. And so when she walked in, I was like, hey, I think her name was Carol. Carol, it's so wonderful to see you again. Gave her a big hug. And um, she sat down in my chair and I said, and here's your decaf coffee with, I don't know how, cream, sugar, I don't know what it was. And she was just, what? You remembered? Oh my gosh. And what? You know, she never forgot that. It had nothing to do with her hair. It was how I made her feel. So always focus on your customer experience every single time every client. Wow. Can't, uh, that's, that's a big asterisk on that one. Um, number six, offer a whole bunch of different services to cater to everybody, a wide range of clients. So yeah, you got haircut and styling services, but you, you got color services, extensions, maybe makeup applications. Uh, what else we used to do? Um, uh, procedure for thinning hair. Uh, we used to offer, uh, they weren't extensions, they were enhancements. So for our thinning hair guests, it was, uh, you know, if they were thinning on top, it was a little top piece, If, but they weren't extensions. 
you would match their hair color and they would clip it on, clip it off, things like that. can't remember the name. Um, anyway, offer more than what you think people want. The last thing you want is somebody to walk in your door and you can't service them, especially when you're brand new, uh, like, like natural hair, ethnic hair, curly hair. You got to know it all. Hair is hair and you shouldn't be afraid of any type of hair. And I, I really find that, well, schools are coming, some schools are catching up with that, but you know, they'll teach balayage and curly hair and natural hair, things like that. But a lot of traditional schools, they don't teach any of that still. That bothers me. Make sure that you educate yourself and you're staying updated on industry trends because you don't want to turn anybody away. All right. Number seven, have some effective marketing strategies. Don't be like every single person out there, you know, thinking that just posting on Instagram and it's going to, everybody's going to come in like, Oh, I saw you on Instagram. No, 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 no. You got to be everywhere. Social media, local advertising, partnerships with other businesses, your local YMCA, your, your, uh, mom groups, proms, schools, uh, let's see, teachers, teachers are a big one. If you can get a, a flyer into the teacher's lounge at your local school, huge, huge. Once you get that teaching uh, staff in your salon and they tell each other, huge difference. Hospitals like nurses, same thing. When you can get one nurse to start, start telling where she gets her hair done, you get them all. Uh, let's see. Don't be afraid of local restaurants. Maybe go to local boutiques and maybe um, exchange gift certificates. We used to do that. And of course, online. You have to have a strong online presence. You have to. You have to have a website. You have to be on Yelp, whether you like it or not. And another thing, you have to ask for your guests to leave positive reviews. Make mirror clings. Say, hey, review us. If we used to say, hey, if you leave us a positive review, <laughs> you don't want a negative. I guess you can, if they, if it was true anyway. Okay. A positive review. If they leave a positive review, then um, they could have $5 off their next service. And we just handed them a little card that said $5 off. Thanks for the positive review. Here's coupon for $5 off your next service. Not this one. Next one. So keeps them coming back, right? Anyway, just think outside the box, all kinds of marketing strategies offer. Uh, we used to hand out, um, uh, single roses on mother's day or, uh, teacher appreciation day. We, you know, hand stuff out or make little goodie bags or oh, there's so many different things you could do. All right. Number eight, make customer retention a priority. Yeah. Attracting your new clients is important with all your marketing strategies, but don't forget about your existing clientele. So what this means is have some loyalty programs or special offers or referral incentives to your existing clientele. This will encourage repeat business. So a couple of examples of this would be 
okay, like a loyalty program. If your software program keeps points, we used to use Forest, and you could implement a uh, point system. And then if they earned so many points, it would get them a free conditioning treatment or uh, eyebrow wax or a trial size conditioner or whatever. Um, so you can make up your own, but loyalty programs, and then people like point systems. I mean, don't you ever go to the stores that have like Ulta, Ulta has points. Yeah. You better believe you're using your points, right? Uh, make special offers just for your existing clientele. Maybe have some VIP, like uh, print out a sheet of your top 50 clients. If you're not, you know, or a hundred, it depends on how big your salon um, clientele base is uh, and have a special event just for them. Say you're one of our VIPs. We want to treat you to a special night then get with a restaurant like, and have them cater it that they can advertise for free. You don't want to pay for all of this, you know, get a, a boutique or a jewelry maker or whatever. And then maybe do, uh, something like, um, complimentary blow dry styles or complimentary bang trims at night or heck just have them there and have a raffle. Maybe you make a big basket of goodies that has all your products in it, your retail products, maybe some coupons from area businesses, you know, make it a big deal and maybe have a raffle and say, you have to be present to win. And it's a huge party. People love parties. Anyway, when you build your loyal customer base, not only do they talk about you outside of your four walls, it boosts your whole salon's reputation, right? Um, people start talking about you locally and that's the place they want to be is your salon. That's where they want to go. I don't think enough salons are doing this. I know we just moved to a new city. Well, Williamsburg, Virginia. Love it. But um, I don't hear anything like, you know, that a big deal salons. People keep asking me, hey, have you, uh, you know, been to any new salon in the area? No, I haven't. I mean, I follow a few of them on Instagram, but it's still like it just gets lost in the, in the maze of beautiful hair. But I don't see anybody doing anything special or out of the box, if that makes sense. So I think you need to think differently. All right. Number nine, you got to manage your finances. Yeah. The numbers as creatives, it doesn't seem like we like numbers very much, but I guess you do You're a salon owner. So you, uh, if your brain starts thinking differently, right? So you got to keep a close eye on your salon's finances from the very start. I was just listening to this podcast, um, Katie Whitledge's podcast, Beyond the Technique, and she was interviewing a gal who, I, I totally enjoyed the story, who um, started her whole salon with never taking out a loan. And that's how we did it too. I never took out a loan. I might have used some credit cards at the very beginning, but we never had to take out a loan. Uh, so that makes a huge difference. I see these salons starting up and they're spending, I don't know, 150, 200, 300,000 just to get it looking right. I don't think that's necessary. Now, it may look beautiful, 
But if you don't have a clientele to back that up, or at least a plan of how you're going to do that, uh, then that's a big bill to have to be paying, paid back, especially with today's interest rates. Ugh. So set a budget, track your expenses, and monitor your revenues every single, well, every single week, every single day, every single month. I used to track it on a little spreadsheet, um, but just be prepared. There's going to be fluctuations in your income. You know, they used, they used to say every month that starts with a J that would be a, a slow month for salons. <laughs> That's a lot of months. <laughs> that means January, June, July. Um, anyway, you know, we all know that November and December is a, a big, usually busy time in the salon. And back to school is a busy time in the salon, but just know that you're going to have ups and downs and just have plans in place for that. And also invest in quality products and equipment. If it aligns with your brand and your services, you better have it. Don't, don't just make do. And that needs to be in your financial plan. So, all right. Number 10, the last thing, never stop learning and evolving. Look, our industry is ever-changing. So you have to always stay updated with the latest trends, techniques, and technology. Yeah. So make sure you're attending industry events, any workshops in your area, or any training sessions offered by your um, product lines. Just keep your skills and your knowledge sharp. Maybe um, subscribe to a weekly email. Like I know Modern Salon, Salon Today, they have email newsletters that'll keep you abreast on what is up and coming in our industry. People will ask you, Hey, what's new? What, what's the new haircut? What's the new color? What's coming on? You got to know these things, whether you want to know or not. Sometimes we, I don't know, we get lazy. We just want to go to work, but no, keep up on it. It's, it's, it's exciting. So embrace innovation and be open to adapting your salon strategies based on your customer feedback. All right. Here's my closing thoughts. Okay. Starting a salon business is exciting. It really is, but it's also very challenging. It takes a special person to be a salon owner. Not everybody can do it successfully. You got a lot of plates up in the air. If you know balls juggled, you know, you got to stay focused. You got to stay passionate and you got to stay committed to excellent customer service. Remember, consistency and dedication will set your salon apart and pave the way for long-term success. People used to always ask me, how did you do it? I think it was just showing up every day, whether I wanted to or not. Consistency, dedicated, dedicated to your team, dedicated to making their lives successful. And just keep dreaming big and making the world a more fabulous place to be in. We got this. Okay. If you like this, if you felt like you got a little bit of knowledge from this or laughed at some of my crazy stories, can you maybe take a screenshot and share this with a friend, maybe a salon owner friend, at least go to my website, salonownershipmadeeasy.com. Sign up for my weekly newsletter. I, I promise I won't spam you but it at least gets you on the list. So when my course comes out, you'll get a discount code. 
Um, and heck, please just share it. Make, a, make it a better day today than it was yesterday. And just remember, when you know better, you do better. Thanks for hanging out with us on today's podcast. We hope you found it interesting and learned something new. If you liked what you heard, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. We're always open to your feedback and suggestions for topics to cover in the future. So don't be shy. Drop us a line on social media or shoot us an email. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.